Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. But, so, might as well get there. If you guys would open up your Bibles, Matthew 7 is where we're going to end up. Um, and I'll, we'll do some bigger recap a little bit later into the study itself. But uh, for now, let me just say that, uh, again, we've been in the life of Christ. We're going through the Sermon on the Mount. He has laid everything out for us as what it looks like to f- the fulfillment of the law, for what our attitude should be, what our de- devotion should be, uh, what our choices should be. And then he has moved into uh, some warnings, and we've covered a few warnings already, and we're going to cover the last one today. Uh, if you want to live this type of life by following Christ and truly following Christ, as well as something that uh, kind of stands out to me in that, uh, as far as how the crowd responds, and we'll talk about that as well. So, but for now, let's go ahead and uh, dig in for our final warning. Start out in verse 24, where Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and the great was the fall of it. So, just kind of start out the final warning again is just build your house on the rock. I think you guys have heard this before, don't build your house on the sand. Uh, for some of us, it might just kind of be mantra type thing or just something that we're used to at this point. But like some of the other things that we talked about, I think we have to go much deeper into thinking through what this means and what he's saying. First off, the simple fact is I think too many people mess up the word build. For somehow, I think it's just something that we think is accidental. Build is an, an, another action word. It's a verb. It's something we choose to do uh, in a way. Because um, either way, we're building. It's just we choose to build on the rock. Instead of building on the sand. We, all of us are building. E- even if, if you are at the worst case of depression, laying in bed and can't get up, you're building. Uh, if you're constantly moving and constantly working and constantly administrative in your life, you're building. The question becomes whether or not we're building on the rock or the sand because that's what's going to make the difference when the storms come. And that's one of the things that's interesting with Jesus' story here. It kind of... Um, it kind of repeats what it talks about with the narrow gate and the, uh, the wide gate and that warning, but uses another metaphor to get this another point within it as far as it's not what some of us make it, okay, I accepted Jesus to lead and forgive my life. Now everything should be great. Jesus says there will be storms, there will be rain, there will be wind. It's going to happen. All of us are stuck with it, period, period. It's whether or not you're going to be able to stand doing it or not or whether or not everything's going to, to crumble through it. So it's interesting, as he's saying through this, Chris, there's one slide that has kind of just a, I think it's the next one, just a, all the different things we've talked about when it comes to the Sermon on the Mount. He's purposely putting this at the end. He's talked to us about being put in the Spirit, choosing to have the heart of Christ, being meek, hungry for righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, peacemaker, persecuted, being the flavor of the world, being the light of the world, controlling your anger, avoiding lust, marriage commitment, keep word, love enemies, resist revenge, pray and fast, financially faithful and not putting finances before God, not anxious, not worldly judging, ask, seek, knock, golden rule, bear true, uh, bear true fruit, 
Jesus knows you. Make sure that Jesus knows you instead of just you, you knowing him and building your house on the rock today. All of this comes together so that it's in one big plate. Like we've been going over for three months, breaking it all apart, but it's got to come back onto the, 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 the table in front of us all in one mesh to say that's what it looks like to choose to build on the rock. And that's how you'll be able to stand when you're going through crap, when everything falls apart. Um, the, uh, the, the, the concept of rain, I like rain. You guys know that. I think most everybody knows that I like rain. If it's sprinkling out, I'm, I'll volunteer to go get the mail. Uh, even though that's, I think that's one of my duties anyways. Yeah, I kind of get the mail. Uh, but I like walking in it. I like rain coming, you know, sprinkling down. If it starts to shower and it's coming down harder, uh, I'm probably not going to be walking to the mailbox, but a good car ride, right? Go diving in the rain? What, what are you laughing at? You don't drive in the rain? You should love Jesus more. It's nice. It's really good. Or, you know, sit on the porch outside and get, like, to get the cover over top of you to watch the storm coming through. I'm, I'm all, all about rain. But you'll notice the more the rain happened, what did I do? I took more shelter. And that's the difference that Jesus can make within us. I mean, there, there, there's a, the storm gets too big. I remember um, the, um, there was one time, it was New Year's Eve, we were down in the Smoky Mountains, and it was Ryan and uh, Jenny and I before Emily was uh, born. And uh, so he must have been like eight, nine, ten years old. And we were sitting on the front porch of a cabin with this beautiful storm. I mean, just a huge thunderstorm uh, going through, and you're just watching it in the, the, the woods and the lightning bounce and everything else. Just gorgeous. And then there was this one crack of lightning that I swear was right over top of our heads. Okay? How many people have seen National Lampoon's Vacation? Okay? Here's the moment that it describes. And just because I bring up Blazing Saddles and Vacation doesn't mean it's pastor approved. Okay. Um, watch, watch the network editor version of the. But, anyways, but when uh, Clark and his family are like driving through, so cracks me up, uh, the uh, city area. And it's a little bit scarier than what they're used to. Um, do, you, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Right? And they're, they're going through and the kids are kind of stressed out. And mom's kind of stressed out. And she's like, Clark, I don't think this is a safe place for us to be. And Clark's like, oh, no, it's great for the kids to see something completely different than what they're used to. This is the other side of America. Da, da, da. Then you hear the gunshot. And he's like, wall them up. You remember that moment? <laughs> By the way, for the younger people, that's how windows used to work right there. <laughs> wall them up. That's how this thunder crack was over the house. It's like, man, this is beautiful. This is sweet. Bam! Let's go inside. It was just like, oh, let's go. Because, again, that's what the shelter is there for. That's how those things continue to build. And so I, I love rain within nature, but I'm thankful that the shelter is there. Does that make sense? Uh, you know, I was thinking about wind uh, the other day when I was working on this a little bit. And um, there was one time we were at Niagara Falls. How many of you guys have been to Niagara Falls? Okay, it's, I always thought it was further away than what it is. It's only like four hours or something like that away. Like we, we left after church and we were there by dinner uh, one time, once upon a time. And uh, on the, the United States side of it, there's this, I forget what it's called, maybe one of you guys will know. But it's the series of wooden decks that go closer and closer. Each time you go to another deck, it's going closer into the fall. So when you get to the last fall, the water's actually hitting the, the falls. Anybody know what that's called? I don't know. It's okay. Do you not really? Yeah. But no, the cave something's on the other side, on the Canada side. There's, okay, she's Googling now. She's supposed to be just doing the Facebook thing. Uh, it, it's really okay. We'll survive. But each time, each time you go on another deck, if anybody's ever done it, 
you get closer to the, the waterfall, so you think the rain, but it's actually the wind that gets you. It's, it's the wind coming off the immense power of that waterfall going over. So by the time you do like the second or the last one, you'll like look like a mime walking against the wind type thing, trying to stay up, trying to move into it, and then you actually get, so a lot of people don't get to the last, the last deck. I think Emily did, didn't you get the last deck? And we tied a string on and flew like a kite. But, uh, but th and that, that's fun, that's great, but it's not fun if that's the season that you're in. It's not enjoyable if that's what you're, you're going through. So we definitely kind of have to keep going back into that shelter. So if we have a choice when we're going through tough times and circumstances changing and the storm going on, and we feel bashed all over the place, and you're a Christian, it might be that God's just not being mean to you. It might be that you're not building on the rock. That's what Jesus is coming down to. We have choices to make. We have things to lean into. We have things that we can change the way that we look at things so the circumstances don't have the control over us that they do right now. So I think that's kind of where he's going from this particular standpoint. So I'm going to assume after all this study, and Chris, we could actually put, uh, no, go ahead and put up Ephesians 2 if you would. And we're going to go there. My hope, my prayer, is that we want to move from the sand to the rock. If you're, if you're not already kind of building it. And I, I realize that we can play with that metaphor day that some of us have shacks down in the sand or we're working on the house that's up on the rock and that kind of thing. But generally, what Jesus has desired through the entire Sermon of the Mount is, is for us to have that kind of foundation in our lives, to have that kind of, of change. So I want to look at this, uh, since we're doing kind of the wrap-up version of it, from two perspectives, one from a church perspective, and then one from an individual standpoint, because again, the church is the individuals together. The church will never be any stronger than the, 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 the weakest link in that family, you know, however you want to look at it. But I, I like this particular scripture. I think it speaks a lot about what Christian community should be. But Paul's talking to Ephesus. We talked about them last week. And um, he says this. He says, and he came. And when he said he, he's talking about Jesus here. He says, so Jesus came and preached peace to you, the Ephesians, the, the, the people of Ephesus, which are Gentiles. Peached, uh, the, the, again, the, the peace to those who were far off and those who were near. For through him we have both access and one spirit to the Father, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit." It might not be an easy see, but I think if I just kind of babble on it, it, make, it makes sense pretty quick. But he's talking about those who are near and those who are far off. Those who are near were the Jewish people. Those who are far off were the Gentiles. And when Jesus came, he preached love and brought us all together, opened up that gate, brought in that, that um, men, mending of and bringing back together and grafting in the Gentiles, which is really good news because I'm pretty sure looking around the room, most of us are Gentiles. Uh, and in a bigger sense, from a spiritual standpoint, if, if let's say you were born Jewish and you're like, ha ha, you guys are a bunch of Gentiles, don't, don't get too cocky because it's still, we're all sinners. 
that's what Gentiles represented many, many times in some of these talks. So we've all been sinners. We've all been far off. He preached his love. He bridged the gap. He made it so we can come to him by accepting Jesus as a leader and forgiving our lives and following him. And he says, don't forget that. Don't forget that. It's not, when, when you accept Jesus as a leader and forgive your life, you haven't arrived. You just started. Okay, so a lot of times we think, oh, I've arrived and I'm there and it's nice to go to church, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's, it, we're building, we're, we're doing something. So don't forget that once you were apart from God and God brought you in. And that's awesome. And he brought us in to be together. They brought us in to be community. We're all members of the same household, Paul says. That, that, that there's a reason for that Christian community through the local, local body church. And, then, and of that, as we build ourselves on the the teachings of the apostles and the foundation of the, the, the prophets, again, foundation coming up into place here, on the word as we're building on the rock, and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, which means he's the one that holds it all together. Like, he, he's the one that really counts. I remember um, hearing about, uh, I, I guess I guess it's almost just a week away now. Time's been going fast. Uh, my dad, hi, Dad, uh, and I are uh, going to go down for like three days down to West Virginia. Uh, and, and see back home. And he grew up in a little town called Golly Bridge, West Virginia. And um, there, was, there was a little house that his, that, that, that when I say grew up, it was high school years, that his family lived in. And then right beside there's this big old brick Methodist church. And that's where my grandmother went uh, during those years. And we always go back and, and, and visit Golly Bridge. And it's got a big, like a beautiful brick building. And it's got a big cornerstone on it that's like gray, uh, mobile, whatnot, and you know has a, the, the date that it was, it was founded, and those type of things written on it, and it just it, it marvels me when I read this to think if you just took that cornerstone out, it might not be immediate fall, but that entire brick building's going down sooner or later. All it, it's going to lose some bricks, it's going to keep deteriorating, it's going to keep having struggles. Same thing here, you were once far away, and now you're not. You were once an orphan, and now you're in family. And he is the very cornerstone of the word of the apostles that we build upon of this rock. And then we continue to grow. If you look in the verse 22, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We continue to grow in this. Um, and so I just I see a, a great reason for us to be able to continue to focus things from a Christian community standpoint as well as an individual standpoint. So from that, uh, and if you want, I'm going to leave there and go back to Matthew 7 here in a few minutes. Uh, when I say a few minutes, uh, yeah, it's going to be a few minutes before I get there. But um, I sat down, and uh, Chris, if I could get your help, let's put that blueprint uh, that Mike made for us. Uh, thanks. I know you can't really see all of them up there, but uh, we'll pretend like it's a, an illustration uh, for, you, for you nonetheless. All those boxes, again, uh, if you've been around, represent spiritually what we've been going through for about the uh, last 10, 11, 12 months um, that has been put together through dreams, interpretation of dreams, prayer, uh, talks, testimonies of different areas that, the, that God is growing our, our church. About half of that blueprint, I mean, that, this is not like we're going to add on to the church physically, but about the bottom half is the things that we already do and have been doing for quite some time. And the areas at the top are, were new rooms that we believe God's opened the doors to, not for the first time we'll do these things, but that he wants to grow these areas uh, dramatically. And so using this, I, I just sat down. It's not the most professional way to do this, but I never claimed to be the most professional person. Um, 
to just go through those and see what what I've noticed from a pastoral standpoint or an elder standpoint uh, going on in our church, and you might have noticed more. So forgive me as I just kind of read through my notes, but uh, consider this next 10 minutes a family meeting. We haven't had one for a while where we get together and we just talk about the status of the church, and it's, uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, relational evangelism is one of the things up there, and we have seen growth in relational evangelism, which means you going out and leading people to Jesus, inviting them to church, sharing your testimony, whatever the case may be, that it's the most powerful form of evangelism. I absolutely believe that, is for living a life that matters, that, that is legit, and telling people that that's where the Holy Spirit oftentimes brings change, and we have seen movement within that. Um, not, I'll be honest, not, not as much as I'd like to see, but, it's, but I, I see us moving that way. Uh, the pandemic changed many churches. Uh, there's big, big restarts, and if we look where we're at, I think we're far enough away from the pandemic now we can kind of get a feel for how it impacted uh, things from a realistic standpoint. And there's, uh, I mean, we're, we're a smaller crowd today. I think it has something to do with uh, the, the holiday season. Uh, maybe the late Buckeyes game that uh, oh, I first half, but but you know people stayed up late for whatever, uh, which means you guys are the devoted ones, right? Either that or you're like me and don't have enough friends to do any of that stuff. It's one of the two. But I know I'm just teasing because they're watching from the road and I don't want anybody mad at me. But but uh, but I, but I do see that we've lost some folks. Some. Uh, it, you know, some of that is uh, from a church standpoint, people getting out of the habit of church. Some people have walked away from things that God was doing in their lives that were good. Um, we have had some people just move, and we have new faces as well. And that's mostly, I, I went through everybody I could think of that's new since the pandemic, uh, and I could only think of one that was not a personal invitation. That was not a personal invitation. So there's, there's, there's people in this room. Tammy and I met on the side of the road, didn't we? Poor Tammy, or Van broke down, and and you know who you don't want to pull up. Yeah, yeah, your fr friends, fan. Yeah, cause, no, you were there before me. Oh, before your friends came. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember thinking, first off, if someone's going to stop, the last person you want to stop when a car's broken down is me. Uh, I, think, I think all I did was turn on the hazard lights and we, we hung out. Uh, but, now, but now she's got, like, friends here that are, like, better than me, and she doesn't talk to me anymore. But uh, I'm not going to call out everybody or Laura get mad at me, but Laura came to VBS because of an invite. Uh, Shane has, been, has come because some of the teachers within our, our uh I'm missed, which is awesome because that means that she actually saw them live as well as get the invitation to shows a big spot behind that. Mary is always, Mahaffey's always been awesome inviting people as she continues to look down, pretend like I'm not talking about her. And uh, Angie Tenner is, is, is a great example as well. Many of you guys do. I, I, and, and just because we do relational evangelism doesn't necessarily translate that they'll be here on Sunday morning, uh, but we're doing our job. We're doing what we're called here to do. Uh, I get thrilled when someone leads somebody else to the Lord and they, then that person goes to another church. It's not about growing our church. It's about growing our kingdom. And we're seeing some good moves in that. Uh, informal worship, or I'm sorry, informal fellowship is uh, on that board as well. Um, 48 Plus Club, I'm sorry, you guys are blowing up. 
That's been going awesome. I love the Bob Evans uh, pictures that I see. It usually seems to be Bob Evans. We're like seven or eight or nine of y'all sitting around having breakfast and I wasn't invited. I love that. Uh, no, I'm not supposed to be fine. But the thing that's cool about it is a lot of times it's like people don't sit next to each other at church or click with each other or hang out with each other all the time. Uh, been lo loving to see that. Ginger has been doing a great job of uh, inviting people that outside the, the normal circle of being able to go out and uh, do things. Uh, I'll meet Jalapeno Mills. Uh, you can write down. It's in pencil but not pen. Nine, uh, September 22nd. Uh, September 22nd we'll do is our next Me Jalapeno Mill. Uh, Tommy actually was uh, complaining 48 plus club as we hadn't done it for a while. I said, Tommy, you've never come. <laughs> I said, we always do it on the weeks that he's working, the poor kid. And so he goes, you got to play on it when we're doing it. So we, we're playing that. I love seeing the informal fellowship. Uh, things are going, organic gatherings are on there. Uh, we, the Thursday night home group has been going great. That started out with a friendship between Mary Lynn Scott and uh, and Angie, and uh, it's going great, and it's going to be going at least uh, until the holidays. Uh, Friday nights are coming back uh, for, the, for the fall season, at least. It's moved out of Fiorentini's. If you're thinking about home group and you haven't been to one yet, um, the, the, see, the Thursday night one is a great group, but doesn't, it doesn't have child care if you have little kids. Uh, and Friday night is a great group that has nothing but kids, and Michael and Mike and JT. JT, you go there too? Yeah, so it's crazy chaos in an awesome way. So that's like very family-oriented. Huh? No, I was talking about them being caught. I was saying they were kid-like. Yeah. And I hear that the fabulous Amanda book. You're welcome. Okay. But, but it is family, more chaotic. It's more for like young, younger adults, um, singles, and for, uh, for, for um, couples who don't mind kids or have kids that they want to throw into the mix. Um, I think they have tasers, TSF tasers there if you need it. Um, you know, again, the community nights are coming back. And that might sound like, well, wait, that's church stuff. That's stuff you guys do. That's not organic. No, those things grow out organically. Especially, especially those two. Uh, IMA uh, prayer nights at the Join the Park uh, this past week. Um, and then, again, if you, if you don't know IMA, it's a ministerial association I'm part of. It's predominantly the African-American churches. That's who we're doing Join the Park with this afternoon. Um, there was a uh, two-night prayer vigil that we had the, the beginning of this week uh, because a young man uh, was murdered a week and a half ago here in town. Uh, it was black-on-black -black violence. Um, the young man who was murdered is the great nephew of Pastor Jackie Peterson, which many of you know. Uh, and Sean felt led to be praying over violence in our community, our homes, and our schools. And um, fabulous, fabulous events. Uh, I'll be honest, I wish more of us were there. Also, uh, we realized it was a very last-minute thing, but that's part of the organic part. You know, that where it just comes, comes in and just, Jesus says we just need to stand together. And Sean followed that leading, and I think that was awesome. Book Club, I consider an organic gathering. They've been having a good, good time of it. Uh, the personality class over the summer, the divorce care that's coming up on the 21st has come out uh, somewhat organically with some things that have been going on that I'll be leading. We're looking forward to that. Personal ministry. Man, things have been blowing up in personal ministry, and I love it. Uh, more people get involved in the kids' ministry. The, um, seeing some growth within our leaders within the youth ministry. Uh, the 24-hour day of prayer that everybody got involved with. Uh, we got um, TSF Bible that Mary does. I love that ministry. I know 
it doesn't get the spotlight on it as, as as much as it should, but you should be watching those things on Facebook uh, and the encouragement that comes from the scripture. Uh, more people volunteering within the community from our church, uh, leaping, celebrate recovery, and some other roles that uh, I've seen more, uh, more recently. Uh, the worship team is dreaming on some new things that we're not talking to you yet about uh, that I'm, I'm excited about that they're, they're growing within their own personal ministries and their vision within the uh, church. Uh, throwing poor Jessica into VBS leadership this year. She did an awesome job with that, um, and as well as the entire team. That everybody came together is just a, a fabulous, fabulous VBS, uh, just full of, of Jesus and sardines. It was great. Um, and um, then within that, I'm at a position I can announce this. Uh, we do have some new roles coming to the church as well. Um, as we know, uh, Ms. Audrey retired from TSF uh, Children's Coordinator. And it's kind of like tears, but it's not necessarily something that you're always trying to grow in. But like we have coordinator positions, which are kind of volunteer over ministry. Ones that take a little bit more um, time, a little bit more vision, a little bit more, more effort. And, the, and we've kind of tried to move into minister aspect of that, like Katie did, where she did special training to be the youth minister. And then there's a couple of pastors in town, in town here as well. Um, so she retired from TSF Kids Coordinator. Uh, Jessica, after VBS, has ac accepted the role of being over the kids' ministry here at the church. Um, so she would be, I'd, yeah, I think so. And I like to say that's uh, uh, TSF Kids Coordinator, but the elders feel, um, and it's really cool how God did all this, feel it's time to take a step up in our kids' ministry of that area. So Jessica did not accept the role of children's coordinator, but children's minister. So she'll be starting uh, training on, online uh, through group like she, uh, Katie did for youth. Well, she, she will be licensed as a minister within our, our church. It will be uh, some extra responsibilities with it. She's got some great ideas for outreach and for special events for our kids that take more time. So this will be uh, not a volunteer staff position, but this will be us taking a phase step into a, a, another part-time volunteer position like uh, with Katie and also with Mike. Um, so all that to say, it's a faith step. If you, if you watch, we've been doing pretty good getting our, our uh, weekly needs, uh, our monthly needs, not always so much on our actual healthy uh, goal. And now we're adding $100 a week to that need. Um, but I'll tell you the way that God did it. I'm convinced it's God. Uh, so the elders, the, the other aspect of things, um, I, I believe it's an, it's an easy get. It, again, I tend to be blunt. I apologize for that. Uh, but we have had a, more than a handful of families that were uh, strong tithers that have stopped tithing over the summer, that if we take those steps back in, uh, this is easily taken care of. Then for those who don't financially support the church, if God puts on your heart to start moving forward in financial faithfulness, easily taken care of. So it's just a matter of a faith step. Uh, but that's not the only uh, role to tell you about. I also have, uh, there you go, Monica. I remember to go out and get the brochure. Uh, Monica and I have been talking about life coaching. Uh, she uh, does life coaching and doing it as a ministry here through the church, which is uh, kind of like a Christian counselor without being a counselor. Uh, it's kind of a step before you go to a counselor. So we're going to be talking about that more often. She'll be uh, filling that role as a volunteer within this, and, and we added another staff position that will be a uh, volunteer position for now, and it doesn't have a name. Um, 
because, huh? Well, here, here's, here's, here's what I'm going to call it for a placeholder, is a Wednesday night kids coordinator, is what I'm going to call it for now. But here's the thing, it might not be on Wednesday nights. Um, and exactly what it's going to look like, we're going to dream that together. It's something I've been looking forward to for the last couple of years, but didn't think we were at the point at. Uh, but uh, Sandy Piles has, uh, has accepted that position. She's over with the kids right now, but you can applaud for her anyways. And yeah, she'll watch us later. Uh, Sandy's been with our kids' ministry for eons. She's had kids' ministry experience before that. Uh, it would not be a position that's under the t kids' minister, but obviously we're working very closely with. But I've been wanting to do a kids' group here that's not really an extension of what we do on Sunday mornings, uh, but something that is um, kind of standalone, more outreach uh, oriented than just trying to serve our own kids uh, within the community. We've got some things on the table, but literally Jessica accepted yesterday and Sandy accepted yesterday. So we're still at the very early aspect of things and what you'll be seeing with that. So love what I'm seeing there. Community partnerships, IMA is going strong, Love Inc is going strong. Uh, a lot of changes with Love Inc, which is in good ways that we'll be presenting to you as we go. Mary County Board of Developmental Disabilities, Voice of Hope. Uh, I got a pastor group of buddies that I, I love as far as getting our churches together, Spiritual Health, the new jail ministry. We're talking about a new prison ministry as well that's in the early stages, um, which also kind of bleed into some of the generosity uh, honoring room end of things where uh, I just I love the mindfulness that we have right now like we're bringing Kevin in my buddy Kevin when he retired just to be able to honor him for all of his years of service as an officer in this area hope coffee's going well um, that is not what I meant to read I'm supposed to go up a paragraph teachers when we got to honor our teachers uh, the PB and J uh, collection was awesome uh, when we all came together and did enough for three drops that was cool um, it was uh, working with Love, Inc. on some of their GAP ministries, the diaper drive for um, First Presbyterian Church, Voice of Hope, what was that? It was a little over $900 that you guys raised to change. Uh, Rice Bowls, coming in right about $500 on that. Uh, November, just to let you know what's coming, because we've been doing something every other month. Um, there's a jail ministry that's been there for a while, but we're new to it. We're, we're actually supporting them monthly right now, uh, starting this month. But, um, but Chaplain Tim... Their biggest need always is Bibles. And that's the best thing to be given out anyways, you know what I mean? So, uh, but since it's the jail, not the prison, it's a high turnover. Um, so they need a lot of Bibles. And they're only allowed specific type of Bibles. The jail is very, very, very limited on it. Uh, so we have found a Bible that, the, um, that I shared with Chaplain Tim. He said, yes, we've used this before, and they're perfect for it, because it's got to be a giant print. It's got to be paper. It's got to be like all these recommendations. And we can get them in bulk for five bucks a piece. And so for November, we'll be uh, opening up that you can sponsor a Bible, two Bibles, three Bibles, four Bibles. Uh, so that's coming in November, so I'm excited about that as well. Uh, missions, which is what uh, now I can talk about Hope Coffee. Uh, Reach has been going great. Uh, I've wanted to go through and see everything that we did this year, but I didn't. Um, Morgan in, Th in Thailand, being able to help her with that match for her scooter so she can get the new scooter for her safety. Carlos, I love how TSF kids have adopted Carlos. Uh, Melody, who was a couple of weeks ago in Jamaica, that was, I think I was like 1300 1400 that you guys helped in on. Uh, Chris with $1,000 letting us be middleman to get that to, to honor Lee in, in Africa. Uh, it, 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 there's a lot of big stuff going on that's easy to miss when you just kind of get the announcements on, on every week. Uh, and it's, it's continuing, 
And I pray that all of us are part of that. I pray that we continue to dream. I pray that our staff continues to dream. Our volunteers, just everybody in the church just continues to say, what door is he going to open up next? How does that next window open to get more of the spirits flow in this church? Um, and it's exciting to me. But we can have the same thing in our own lives. We can have the same thing in our own lives. But we have to build, we have to be mindful, and we have to lean forward. So the question is, how do we do that? And just don't let this season go by. Um, Chris, if you'll give me those headlines, uh, again, from uh, Summit of the Mount, thanks. Um, how does that not just become a, a tearful moment here or there or a quick testimony, but something that's actual life change? And here's the reason why I think this uh, is important. I'll set it up with a, a story from our past. Uh, once upon a time when we were downtown, so this is going back 17 years ago now, uh, I did a sermon that made everybody kind of think I was weird uh, for a minute, imagine. <laughs> just getting the hegemonic on that one. Uh, but uh, it was because I used a pulpit, and I never used a pulpit in our TSF days. Uh, if you, can, you can go back to Prospect Baptist, probably still find some pictures of me with a suit at a pulpit, but uh, not TSF. But I had one, uh, a buddy, Steve Ruth, made it out of plywood and was kind of, you know, not pretty, which is us. And uh, I sat down and I started reading the sermon, which you probably never remember me ever reading the sermon because I'd never did it before and I haven't done it since. And uh, so it was just kind of a weird thing. And I was just talking about the challenges of our country scripturally and, and what we need to do as a culture to move forward. And uh, when I got done, I shared with everybody, now the reason for this, the reason why this is odd, is it's not my sermon. It was a sermon, uh, what was his name, because I always forget his name. Uh, I don't have it here, that's okay, I probably have it over here. But it's, it's a, um, oh, what's his name? Pos it's a, I have it someplace, I'll find it for you and give it to you later. Pastor Jones. Pastor Jones, uh, the only reason anybody would hear of him is because of the Ryman Auditorium. Uh, he was the most famous pastor in the United States back in the mid-1800s. He traveled all over the country. Uh, he was going to Nashville. Uh, and uh, Captain Tom Ryman uh, who was a very, very, very wealthy man who lived in Nashville, uh, who was a devout atheist, and decided he, him and his buddies were going to go uh, make fun of him and heckle him during the, the uh, crusade that night. And the um, pastor uh, got word of it and uh, did uh, something I wouldn't recommend. The only thing he knew about uh, the Captain Ryman besides his wealth was that he was a drunk and he was a mama's boy. And um, so that night he changed his sermon to be about drunks who disappoint their mothers. And, uh, <laughs> and it, it worked. He came to the Lord uh, and, and changed his ways. It's just true. 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 Is someone feeling convicted? <laughs> and uh, so Captain Ryman built the, the original uh, startup of the Ryman Auditorium uh, for, for, this, for, any, for a church, but any time that this pastor was traveling through, he'd be, he didn't have to do it in a tent anymore. He, he'd be able to do it there. That's the start of the Ryman Auditorium. And this particular sermon that I gave was one of Pastor Jones's sermon. And the thing that was crazy about it is outside of one reference to the evils of playing euchre, nothing had changed. Nothing changed. Exact same problems, exact same scripture, and we hadn't gone very far. Actually, we've gone backwards. In the light of that, 
Since we started the sermon series on the Sermon of the Mount, it is the first time and only time that I have redone a series. This is almost verbatim, outside of some updating or some Holy Spirit moves or a casual joke off to the side, word for word, point for point, the Sermon of the Mount series that I gave 10 years ago. And I'll tell you, I hope I never have to do it again. It's, it's much harder to recreate than it is to create with the Spirit to me. But as I look at those who were here, as I go through the notes, as I'm going through the videos, as I'm going through this entire thing, it breaks my heart how many lives, how many relationships, how many marriages, even issues within our own church that would have been gone much, much different if this is what we were building our house on. It's insane. Insane and heartbreaking. So the question becomes, how do we make this so that in 10 years from now, things are different than what they are today? Does that make sense? If I lose my job and this is my focus instead of the ways of the world, if my spouse leaves and this is my focus instead of the ways of the world, if my child spits in my face and leaves my home, what if this was my rock? If someone trashed me at school, at my work, and stabbed me in the back and they were my closest friend, what would it have been like if this was my rock instead of building on the sand? Does this make sense? Struggles, relationships, addictions, things that overwhelm us, mental illness, everything. The circumstances are not things that need to change as much as the rock that we're building on. So... This is what we're going to do today. And some of you guys like this kind of stuff and some of you guys don't. But we're going to go into small groups here in just a second to talk about some stuff. But before you do, look at everybody looking around like, who's my partner? Who's my buddies? Who likes me? Uh, I need to talk to the people at, at home for a second. Matter of fact, you know what? Go ahead and do that. While you guys move around, I'll talk to the people at home. Uh, you're, you're going to circle up. There's people around you. I don't care. Don't make it huge, make it like six, seven people or whatnot. If you see somebody kind of like, I don't have anybody, just drag them in. Come on, go. <laughs> We've done this before. Just circle up your chairs, get in the place. Hey, if you're really excited, get it, mix in with some people that you don't generally hang out with. Monica, get your butt up. Let's go. Somebody, somebody got it. Okay, so while you guys are doing that, I'm going to talk to the people at home, and I'm going to need Chris's help, and I'm going to need Amanda's help. If you are at home... No, go ahead and go back to that one. That's perfect. If you're at home, screenshot that, because you're going to need it in a second. If you don't have screenshot, you can get out your Bible, go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7, look at the headlines to jot your memory. But you're going to want that. You're not going to get enough time to write them all down. Then I'm going to give you, there's a slide with three questions on it. You got that, Chris? There. These are the questions we're going to be talking about in our small groups as people decide. Do me a favor, because we're, we're small groups, we're community, it's going to be hard to keep you guys in. So do, the take-home version is this. Go through the Sermon of the Mount. Ask yourself these questions. Is there somebody else in the room or some other people at home or you're on the road because of the holiday season? Whoever's around you, take and talk about these things. That's all we're going to do here. And then if you don't have anybody with you, grab a piece of paper and journal about it. Once you're done with that, um, then... Get some bread, get some juice, be creative, take communion at home together, pray over this, and then move forward in a new way. 
Okay, so that's our take home people. And outside that, we're going to say bye. Everybody say bye to the cameras. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.